Good evening, you're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinashe Guma. Tonight, Chris Reddy from All Weather Capital and Drikas Kombrink from Capicraft join me to unpack your stock-related questions. Be sure to send those via SMS to 41392, email us at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gents. Of course, markets have been digesting those central bank uh, interest rate decisions. And yeah, it's been quite a surprise for me that, you know, markets expected, for example, the Fed and the Saab and even the Bank of England uh, after that uh, inflation print that surprised to the downside yesterday. They expected all of those uh, central banks to keep uh, rates on hold. But the market's not in a good mood. Starting with you, Chris. Is it the outlook considering that these decisions were priced in already? Thanks, Matt. I think it's a couple of factors. Um, more recently, what we're seeing with, with fuel fuel prices currently and the implications of what that has as a knock-on impact into inflation. I mean, we've seen oil coming close to about $100 a barrel now. And I think what's worrying from a fuel and food price, I mean, uh, Astro came out with Quite a bit of a shocker this today, mm. but from a fuel uh, perspective, I mean, there was an announcement this afternoon that Russia is going to be banning diesel exports, which is quite a big input into like just a global economy from a transport, industrial use, general uh, full uh, full into inflation. So that's a concern. And then I think from an SA perspective, when the Saab mentioned this morning, uh, uh, this afternoon, that they're a bit concerned about food price inflation going forward. I mean, Astral spoke about potentially a, a three rand per kilogram uh, price adjustment, not increased price adjustment, just to try and break even on the cost of actually producing the birds. So I think all central banks are looking at inflation being a bit more sticky, and that's being driven by, by food and uh, fuel prices. Yeah. Well, let's actually go into uh, Astral, uh, Drikas. Um, it got quite a hammering from the market today. Of course, nothing is looking pretty over there. What do you? What does one do with Astral at this point? Yeah, kind of a perfect storm the last few years. You yeah. know, um, first it was feed, feed costs, um, you know, municipal rights. They have to build their, you know, supply their own water. That's a lot of capex. Own electricity. We know the story that for most of it's a corporate. And now they've got a bit of an outbreak of avian flu as well. So uh, obviously, um, yeah, uh, not not a, not a great environment for them. Um, it's a it's a hardy management team. I'll, I'll sure they they'll manage through this. We don't own anything uh, yet, any shares yet. But I think it's one to keep an eye on. Um, uh, the the market it's a cyclical industry as well, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's one to keep an eye on. If it gets cheap enough, it's 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 usually a good buy if you if you adapt to cyclical investing. Yeah. And just sticking with you, Adrigas, actually, as we were talking about those uh, central bank decisions, I mean, what uh, did you take out from those decisions and the outlooks that they gave? Yeah, well, well it's it's about a dot plot, right? So um, higher for longer interest rates, etc. Uh, the one thing that concerns me that he hasn't yet said, it's, it's about the terminal rate. Now, the terminal rate, it's where if we go into a downward, you know, uh, into interest rates cut, cutting cycle, mm. where does, where's the neutral rate? Where, where does the central bank, the Fed, see the U.S.'s neutral rate, the, the terminal rate? And that's 2.5%. If they adjust that, which I think they will, upwards, say to 3%, you know, you're going to see a spike higher again 
from these levels in all of your long-term yields. Mm. So I'm still, yeah, I've been bearish yields. We short yields in, in our global fund, etc. As a, as a as a hedge, basically. Um, it's worked for us uh, but over the last few months. But I still see rates going higher. Still a lot of issuance coming in, a lot of supply, um, you know. Uh, and we, we're in an era of fiscal dominance. It's not monetary dominance at the moment. The fiscal side of the equation of, of the economy dominates the, the the economy, at least in the short term. So all of this fiscal stimulus is still going through the economy. I, th- I still think that uh, unless there's an imminent recession, inflation actually goes higher through the, the, the rest of this year. There's some basic effects. Energy is a problem. Uh, Chris just spoke about uh, diesel. Diesel crack spread has more than doubled in the last few months. More than doubled. That means that you, you're seeing about a $25, $30 um, run-up in the oil price. Add another $30. Um, that's actually the effect of uh, higher diesel prices. Mm. We're looking at the moment at at least two rand um, per litre increase at the pump in South Africa for diesel prices in October. Mm. Well, a company, uh, I mean, just talking about these macroeconomic uh, headwinds, a company that uh, seemed to have uh, ridden uh, the uh, wave quite well uh, is Discovery. Um, and Chris, I'm just wondering because I didn't see a lot of movement in the share price. In fact, now down uh, about 0.89%. And I'm wondering if this is just a low tide sinking all boats or most boats or if, if there's just something that investors didn't take a liking to. Look, I, th- I think Discovery's results, I mean, it was ahead of uh, general market expectations. The fact that it was only down, I think, 0.8% when the general market was down over 2% shows that it had outperformed the rest of the market in quite a down day. I, if you look at this operational results out of Discovery, I mean, it's, I think the pleasing results was that they had very good growth out of the SA, the UK, and even Ping An in China. And more importantly, they reinstated the dividend again now. So, they, yes, they only paid us, I think it was just over a rand, mm-hmm. uh, one rand, 10 cents dividend. But more importantly, they're signaling that they're going to go back into like a five times uh, cover on the dividend. So, reinstating a full, a full du- dividend going forward. And that's mainly been driven off the uh, cash that they've, that they've um, generated, the de-gearing that they've done in the period as well. So I think the investors took that uh, quite positively. So overall, I thought it was quite a good result from Discovery, yeah. um, given the given the conditions. Yeah. Uh, Trikas, what did you make? Because uh, I, I know, I think for the past couple of years, investors have also been worried about the, the, the money that they're spending on these new initiatives. And actually, quite pleasingly, they said that uh, that cost is down from 18% to about 10% or 11% of, I think, normalized uh, operating profit. Um, yeah, so do you think that they, they've, it's a turning point? These results kind of signal a turning point in Discovery? Yeah, it, it might be. Um, I was quite a bee on Discovery for a long time. Yeah. Um, but they really are, you know, moving the ship in the right direction. A lot of the, the investments that they've made, um, you know, that's coming through, through for them. So, um, Kudos to the team there, Discovery. Um, I'm finding better stuff to buy still. It's trading at 1.7 times uh, embedded value, I think. Um, I can buy other insurers insurers for below book value. So, um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's an exciting stock. It hasn't been for the last six years. If you look at the share price, though, you've done well if you stayed away. But it, I, I think it deserves another look, especially after these results. Mm. Well, talking about turning points, uh, Aspen. 
any views on Aspen? Of course, we, we know the uh, kind of uh, strategic partnerships that they have been uh, engaging on after COVID-19. Um, yeah, Chris, do you think that company is also worth a look considering what they are currently doing with, the, with their strategy? Yeah, I think there have been a host of um, announcements over the past couple of weeks with regards to the various deals that Aspen have signed um, with international companies. I think investors are waiting for a bit more detail with regards to just the economics of all these announcements when it comes to actual impact on revenue and profitability. But I mean, if you just look at, say, for example, the growth of all these, um, the, uh, if you want to say, um, weight loss drugs mm. and the growth that's happening like Eli Lilly out of the US, this talk of uh, growing the Zumpic as well in SA, if they can actually get good uptake from their, from their client base in SA, they could be good uh, growth drivers going forward for Aspen. But again, we are still waiting for a bit more detail in terms of the, the actual product economics for Aspen uh, to, be, to be able to make a, a real meaning, meaningful assessment of it. But a lot of news flow over the past couple of days with various uh, various deal signings. Yeah, even with the Novo Nordisk. Um, Drikas, you know, yeah, just looking at all these, do you think that they, they've kind of got a nice runway in terms of growth or, or not? Potentially. Okay. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> it's 250-50 it's, it's it's for me. Ah, so you, so you wouldn't even go in? No, I, I like a symmetry. So I like where the... the the downside is limited with with proper upside, and I just don't see it with Aspen. Ah, uh, all right. Ah, uh, well, let's take a look at the retailers. Of course, we have seen quite some optimism coming through, particularly for Pepco uh, f- this week. Uh, please, can you ask the panel what their views are on a Pepco and Woolworths? Let's start off with Pepco, uh, where investors were nibbling quite a bit this week, uh, Chris. So I think part of the driver on the retailers this week is that there was a fairly large investor conference that took place in Cape Town um, uh, for most of the week at the RMB conference. Mm. Uh, the general gist of it is that the story from the retailers is that they seem to be saying that margins have bottomed at this level. Uh, going into next year, we're going to be circling the high base effects of load shedding. Um, Eskom gave some good commentary in terms of just what's kept coming on from a renewables point of view, but also the other power stations that were uh, under maintenance in this period. So it looks as if load shedding, like the stages six and upwards, are behind us. So that is positive for the retailers. And the fact that margins have also bottomed as well, um, with with a lot of the discounting that we've seen with excess inventory, seems to be coming out of the system and most of the inventory has gotten cleaned out over winter. So the outlook does seem a bit positive. And we saw that movement come through in the likes of like a Pepco uh, Mr. Price, T- <laughs> TFG mm. as well. I think what also drove it as well is, a, is an expectation that the Saab is nearing the end of this high rate cycle. But obviously, they came out now today with a bit of a different message. But at, at some point in time, we are likely to see rate cuts next year, which is positive for the uh, apparel guys, uh, which mm. speaks to a bit more discretionary income for the consumer. Yeah. Um, Atrikas, what do you make of Pepco? Because uh, also, I think in, in the last numbers that they posted, they uh, didn't really do so well. And it was quite a surprise because you think that in this kind of environment, they would benefit from the kind of trading down. Um, but seemingly not. What do you make of the company at this point? 
Yeah, it's a solid operator. Um, they're bound to the economy at the end of the day, just like any other retailer. So um, you can only get so much water out of a out of a rock. Um, and uh, yeah, I do think there is some trading down, uh, and that's why you're getting the likes of the Fashinis groups and Truers, uh, etc. They're trading at much lower multiples than Petco and Mr. Prices. Mm. Um, so it's 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 priced in. Um, so, yeah, basically this is a macro call. I do think Bepcor is a, is a great company, but one of the big problems that they've had, in my opinion, is they've they've overextended the uh, square footage. They have opened too many shops in the last 12 months and are still opening a lot in a weak economy. So maybe too expensive in a, in a weak economy. Ah, all right. Gents, we also have a suggest, uh, suggestion here. Uh, to the Stockwatch team, why not ask the guests for their Rugby World Cup winner picks for the upcoming matches during that particular week? You can ask this question just before their stock picks at the end of the show. Would add a little fun to the show. <laughs> I'm not too clued up on the rugby. I just go for the vibes. But uh, maybe we can try it out today. <laughs> All right, let's carry on with the questions. Uh, before the break, we did have a, wool, a question on Woolworths. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you make of Woolworths as an investment case at this point? So, our view on Woolworths, it has been a very strong performer year to date. I mean, a lot of the excitement around it was based on the disposal of David Jones's operate. I mean, the David Jones operation in Australia, actually stopping the bleed from that perspective. Uh, there was an expectation of, of better proceeds out of that business. Uh, so that was a slight disappointment. But I think part of the reason why the shares held up so well year to date is that the company was also quite busy with a fairly large buyback program. Uh, so I think in the full year, they bought close to about 3 billion rand worth of shares. So that has provided some kind of support for the share price. I think some of the concerns are just going forward in terms of the increased competition that we're seeing from the likes of uh, checkers in that space. Um, that is something to monitor. We've seen a bit of a margin decline in the foods business as Woolworths has had to put more uh, price investment to be able to compete with uh with checkers in this environment um and then we're also just monitoring in terms of the the growth that the business can actually generate out of that that fashion beauty and home segment um i, I think a lot of the quick wins have been implemented in there in that business now so it's more around how much more can be squeezed out of the business going forward so i mean just the one liner is that the shares perform very well uh but we're just finding better opportunities elsewhere in that apparel slash food segment and competition is quite a big factor to look at when you, when you, when you especially when you see the amount of capex that something that somebody like a, a shop right is spending um in their business to make it a bit more uh to gain a bit more market share going forward uh talking about quick wins uh with them selling fit cook now i wonder how much of an impact that has had on the share price um yeah on your side uh Drikas, i saw you uh, nodding your head when Chris was talking about finding better opportunities in that retail space. Sure, yeah. So Willis is sitting at a, at a mid-teens price earnings ratio, but they're also reinvesting a lot into the business. So free cash flow is about 5%. You know, free cash flow yields 5%. That's 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 little. That's that's not much. Um, so, yeah, there's two other turnaround stories in, in, in the sector. It's Spa and Pick and Pay. I'm not sure about into the pick and pay story. I think there's uh, there's an easier turnaround at Spa. Um, a lot of it obviously has to do with load shedding, etc. 
um, the riots are still part of sparse problem Poland, but I do think there's a better story there. So I, I do think there is better, there, there are cheaper and better alternatives out there. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I think just yet yeah, to concur, I think this, the, the Willy share price is just a, let's call it a relief rally, um, uh. at the end of last year, relief that, or, yeah, that they were going to get, you know, rid of David Jones, get back to what works. They, they, they're great operators in the SA, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a market where you can find good businesses for sub 10 price earnings ratios, Willys is just not, not, um, enticing enough. Ah, all right. The share price. Nothing wrong with the company. Ah, and nothing wrong with the Fed cook. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, let's move on. Uh, Quilter, what is the investment case for Quilter? So, so it's a stock that we like in terms of just um, what's happening. I mean, there have been some changes from a CEO uh, perspective. So you guys come in over the past couple of months. It's a simple case around them building out the platform, uh, being able to at least strip out a bit more costs, which, they've be, which they have been executing over this period. Uh, it's a very strong dividend in pounds. So I think it's just over an 8% type of dividend in pounds. So a nice hard currency yield that you're getting from, from Quilter. Uh, and then on, on top of just the operational benefits that we're seeing in the business, there is also potential for M&A in the UK asset management industry. So that's the reason I think Dricker spoke about it uh, earlier about asymmetric returns. We like businesses that are operating uh, operating well, and then you've got the potential for uh, corporate activity, a sweetener on top of that. Uh, so that's part of the reason uh, for our business case in quarter. Yeah. Um, your take on Quilter right now, uh, Trikas? Yeah, I, I do like um, earning a good yield in GBPs, you know, financial services companies. You know, being in the industry, we we tend to, you know, understand those. Um, we actually own something else listed in London as, as well. Uh, not a competitor, it's more emerging market asset manager called Ashmore. And uh, Ashmore yields about 9% itself. So, I, I prefer that one to Quilter, but I won't be standing in anybody's way buying Quilter. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. What about multi-choice? Um, there's a question here. Your take on the multi-choice group. Massive write-downs in HIPS for the full year ending March 2023. Some really uh, angry emojis there and crying emojis. Uh, <laughs> Chris, what emoji would you put for multi-choice? <laughs> yeah, look, unfortunately... I'd probably join the <laughs> user's comments in terms of just how the share price has performed uh, of late. Uh, it, it has been disappointing to, to say it lightly. I mean, I think one of the factors that has been impacting the business is just what's happening out of Nigeria uh, in terms of the the Naira devaluation. I mean, we've seen the Naira now touch just over a thousand to the dollar in the in the in the black markets. So that that has impacted some uh, something like multi-choice. Uh, and even MTN in this environment, given the reliance on on some of those na uh, Nigerian cash flows. Uh, I mean, part of the the business case or investment case for holding multi-choice is that we have seen uh, Vivendi continue to buy shares in multi-choice. We do think that there is um, a good case to be made for them to to do a deal with multi-choice, especially with the access that multi-choice gives them into uh into west africa which is an area that vivendi does want to to grow into mm. so um yeah i mean uh, share price is disappointing definitely but i think there's a lot of value uh in multi-choice at these levels i mean 
based on recent engagements as well. I mean, it does seem like a lot of the pain that they've experienced over the period, similar to the retailers, is in the base. Uh, they're obviously going to get some proceeds as well from the uh, Obeda sales with the with the World Cup on the go as well. So, mm. holding fingers for a bit of a better uh, uh, performance going forward here. Uh. Trikas, on your side, because that company has really been dealing with uh, quite a number of headwinds, uh, do you think that the opportunities just far outweigh the headwinds or not? Trikas? Mm, is Trikas getting load shedding? He just froze. Trikas, we have you I back. back. I, we have you back. I'm, I'm back from the dead. <laughs> I'm back from the dead. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> no, uh, sorry, the question was... Multi-choice, multi yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of the risks um, with multi-choice and MTN is being priced in, unless, you know, these coups and r rumors of coups in West Africa and ECOWAS and, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on Nigeria and Ghana to, to uh, you know, cross the border into Niger and et cetera. I don't know. Mm. I don't think um, any of that will happen. Um, if it doesn't happen um, and ge the geopolitical risk premium subsides a bit, I do think there's a there's a, a rally waiting for these uh, shares. And even you know, um, there's a lot of money looking to escape uh, Nigeria um, now through official channels as well. You know, officially the the officially it's been floated, uh, mm. but if you for all practical terms, uh, you know, it's it's not really that. There's there's limits how much you can take out. But you know um, that is that that won't last forever. Mm. So I do think there is value in, in both MTN and multi choice, just because I think there's a hefty risk premium being put on them for doing business in West Africa. Yeah. All right. Well, let's quickly get to your stock picks for today, uh, gents. Before we get to your rugby stock picks, um, <laughs> Chris, what will it be today? So sticking with the retailers, my stock pick is actually Shoprite. So a couple of reasons for that. I mean, we've seen some pressure in ShopRite uh, of late. I think that part of that's being driven by the increased load shedding that we've seen uh, recently. Reason for the position for the for the whole. I mean, for the for the buy recommendation, ShopRite is that if you look at the amount of capex that ShopRite is spending, they spent six and a half billion in this period. They're going to be spending another eight and a half billion for the next two years, and we think that's going to put severe pressure on their competitors. Competitors in terms of the store rollout across all formats. So whether it's Checkers, ShopRite you save and even the liquor format as well it's gonna it's gonna significantly assist, assist them significantly in terms of growing market share it also gives them good pricing power as well uh, when it comes to the food producers so we think that at a 19 times multiple it's worth paying up for the double digit growth that you're going to likely see from shop right uh, strong balance sheet excellent management mm -hmm. team and i think if you normalize for the one and a half billion diesel cost they've had in this period you're also getting very very good return metrics out of the business and once diesel is in the once load shedding is in the base, we're likely to see a higher dividend and even maybe a buyback to kick in at some point in time. So yeah. excellent management team. They just seem to be executing well on all fronts. So we have to be to hold that. Uh, all right. Uh, on your side, uh, Drikas, quickly. Yeah, um, I like great assets. I like an asset play, and and I like property. So uh, I'm, I'm going with Sun Southern Suns. Ah, Trickers. But we have run out of time. We have run out, we're run out of time. Uh, so we do have to end it there. At least we did get that stock pick. Uh, Chris, quickly, your rugby stock, your, your rugby pick. 
I'm not sure if I'm the best to talk about this because I'm second second last in my Super Brew group. So I've just got uh, supporting the box into the rugby. Unfortunately, ah. don't don't follow my 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 rugby picks. Ah, all right. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, uh, gents. Uh, that's all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guest Chris Reddy from All Weather Capital and Adrikas Komring from Capicraft. Coming up next, the close. Stay with us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>